0: James, I saw a journal with a very interesting policy that I'd not seen before, and their policy was that you had to share the peer review history of the paper that you were submitting. So, you had to say whether this was the first submission or whether this this had been submitted previously, where it's been submitted to, and what the results were. I thought this was interesting in that I disagree with it. Obviously, these sort of decisions people don't make, um, <laughs> you know, at the drop of a hat, some thoughts go into it. But I wanted to hear what you think about this idea. Is I think it's a bad idea, but maybe I'm completely missing something. Is it a bad idea that journals should be requesting the peer review history of, of a particular Objection,
1: paper? leading the witness, Your Honour. Is it a bad idea? You shouldn't have said that. It, a, <laughs> what, do you probably, think about, what do you, what do you think about this I know it's been idea. a very long time since you were an undergraduate in psychology in the Cretaceous period, Dan, but generally that is not how we ask a question on a form, is it? What do I think of it? Um, I perceive three problems immediately. The first problem is over the life of any given paper, there is a very fuzzy point at which paper A morphs into either a revision of paper A or a separate paper B. Now, this could be using the same data to draw slightly different conclusions. It could be choosing a different emphasis. It could be some form of reanalysis that reinforces a different conclusion of an initial analysis, or any number of other things. Um, In particular, it could be, say, two experiments in a series that eventually have a third one that changes the interpretation of the first two. Um, Now, you can argue about, um, obviously, there's ways to p-hack something like that. There's ways to do it honestly. But your main problem is, when does it stop being, you know, this is like the, the, the ship of, is it the ship of Theseus? I think that's the one you replace all the planks and you get a new sail and you get a new mast and you get a new figurehead on the front you know is it the, the, the whatever they've got uh, the half naked musketeer or some shit i don't know what do i know about <laughs> sailing boats but at what at what point in time is it a different paper so if you were yeah. con- if you were concerned about that and you didn't want to say it i think a, a fairly straightforward rewrite would give you the cover to say um it was a different paper completely. It's a new paper. Um, the second thing is I don't think it's going to do anything to prevent journal shopping because you can just lie. Um if you if yeah, you If you write to another journal and say, hey, um, have you had this previously? And they say, yes, that's very straightforward. But if you say, have you had this previously under a different title <laughs> at some <laughs> other point and they're going to be looking for it, I... I sincerely doubt that it's a, it's as easy to check up as... Um, I mean, it's like many other things It requires you to leave features where you, there may be a problem in the future. But, I mean, this is me thinking of it from the uh, preventing journal shopping kind of perspective. Um, the mm. third is I feel like the review history of a, a paper that's, that people think is very good is going to be a paradoxical drawback. Because if you have something that you think is very good, you send it to Fancy Journal McGinty, Big Tits O'Leary's Fancy Journal of Record. I don't think it would ever be called that, but one can live in hope. So it gets bounced a couple of times probably pretty quickly. In other words, the thing that you're most proud of feels like it's more likely to turn up with a long history of other people rejecting it. So I'm not 100% sure what that's trying to... Achieve? Um, and why you also? Why you would get authors to do that themselves? I mean, when we think about other systems of how do we manage information in any transnational network of affiliates, we don't think in terms of fill out this form. We think in terms of how does this have some kind of persistent identifier that will allow us to. Uh, understand its mutual transfer or interoperability, etc. So it feels like a stopgap solution in many respects behind an eventual ideal scenario where that is simply part of an open record, but also you know where it's uh, an open record for everything. And of course the same the same still applies. The same still applies when it comes to both the fuzziness of when does paper a become paper B? And also, if you just change it completely, you can pretend it's a different paper, so you might as well just fucking lie about it. I mean, if it's uh, rejected from uh, Science and Nature, our favorite journal.
0: um, We love Science and Nature.
1: And then it's it's rejected from uh, material science proceedings because they'll publish literally anything, including the laser modulus of a pumpkin. (laughs) Um, and then you know, eventually, it's rejected from going into the letterbox of the man next door, who runs you off his property and says, <laughs> "Get your paper away from my letterbox, you filthy degenerate." Um, something I'm sure you haven't experienced for weeks now. Then, you know, I might like, you, you 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 change it, you know, so. It would, it would be interesting if you could accept the fact that the data was accurate. I think the data would be interesting. What kind of data? Well, in general, if a paper turns up to our journal, where has it been rejected from previously? Okay. Yep. Um, was it reviewed? Uh, how was it regarded? I mean, you can, you can absolutely draw a kind of a map of how things filter down or filter around on that basis. Um, If you were an impact-factored-minded person, as in if you're suffering from a profound closed head injury and didn't know anything, you could attempt to figure out which journal's sort of discards were going elsewhere, which is a potentially interesting Mm. source of information of what's being transferred from where to where. Um, If you had that, you could figure out a very happy home for any individual manuscript if you're looking at the semantic distance between a hypothetical future manuscript and, say, hundreds of existing manuscripts. So there's a lot you could do with the data. But I don't know what it's trying to achieve. Is there a stated reason that this is done? I haven't seen hide nor hair of this, so Mm. what's, what's the story?
0: Well... I guess this is borrowing a lot of different publishers. Journals within the same family will often, if a paper is rejected, they'll often give you the opportunity to submit the paper to a, to a different journal and they pass along peer review oh, reports. gives you the opportunity been,
1: to submit to a different journal. No, right. The paid I've opportunity. Been the of this. Oh, you have? Have you?
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, I got some reviews and I just wanted this particular paper published. And the funny thing is, if you look at the submission dates and acceptance dates of this paper, it is a day. (laughs) There is one day between the submission and the acceptance of this paper. I'm just waiting for someone to go, look at this. Look at this dodginess. This particular journal accepted a paper within a day. But it's only because the editor saw the peer review reports, saw that I had addressed the peer review reports. And basically said, "Yep, this is this is this is good enough for me." So I think, in that sort of way, if it's going to a sibling journal, this kind of stuff can work if you can um, if you can address the comments, or if it's basically a, a question of this, the the reviewers didn't think, and the editor eventually thought that this paper didn't fit the scope of the journal, and but if they recommend a journal that it does, then rather than going through. The hassle of of, of of all this stuff, like the, the the peer review is 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 perfectly fine, except it just didn't fit that particular journal. So I think in those situations it's okay. But you've raised the biggest problem is that people are just going to lie. <laughs> They're just going to change the paper. So I think this only works if it if it potentially advantages people. But if if I, I just know that if people were completely honest, what, there'd be what, a lot of biases what journal, Oh, what this journal is invoked. doing
1: this journal.
0: It was a chemistry journal. I'll have to find the exact journal. Maybe, maybe this is common within chemistry. I don't know, but it was a chemistry journal. And I saw, I saw someone said, I saw this thing. Is this normal? I'd never seen it before. I've seen it as a suggestion, but not as a requirement Mm. that when you submit the paper that you have to, that, that you're asked to, to provide the, the, the history of the paper, which is just, I just see the disadvantages outweighing the potential advantages here. Editor's going to look at this, oh, it's been rejected five times. Some of my best papers have been rejected five, six, seven times. So, I just don't think that's a good marker of quality and that'll be used against people, I think. But I I will dig up which journal it was.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's it's hard to say what benefit it confers, especially because – I feel like any previous reviews, you're just going to ask for something about the history of the paper. Um, being able to access the previous peer reviews is infinitely more important than where they came from because um, yeah. they're largely interoperable between responsible outlets, you know. So I would much rather have the review history than the submission history on the, on the basis of trying to evaluate the paper in the future. I mean, this is... Uh, I mean, reviews are so undervalued in general as documents. We value every. Slap on a DOI. Yeah, we value every document except reviews.
0: Mm.
1: You know? I mean, you can take good. This is. There's, there's review papers that are two hairs away from being blog posts written by someone frothing at the <laughs> mouth on the internet. And that somehow gets to be a paper. Um, However, the evaluation of those papers somehow doesn't make it into it. I mean, this is one of the things that people don't like talking about this, but this is one of the things that paid peer review is designed to help people focus on. It's not just the fact that you're working for nothing, but it's part of my job. Shut up, you're boring. The, The thing that I feel is most valuable about it is the fact that you're putting the document itself on a pedestal. I probably reviewed yeah. more papers than I published. And some of those reviews I was really proud of.
0: And... <laughs> Do you ever puppy them or put them anywhere? Oh, I used to. If they were pre-printed, that is.
1: Look, the other thing the is I mean, you can, people have got into trouble with journals for posting their own reviews publicly. I mean, what the fuck, man! This is—it's it, yeah. more sort of <laughs> how dare you? How angry. dare you give away our free labor? It's—it's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, you know, but our free labor that we got from you, no less. Um, so. That is the, uh, it, it is available to do anything about it. But I mean, presumably that's something that a journal can't do because then they'd have to compel other journals to change their policies and then they'd have to make authors comply with whatever the hell the request is, etc. But honestly, unless you're actually going to look, they just change the wording of the title and rewrite the abstract and no dumb bugger it ever tell. Like most things. That's so But presumably, I mean, I don't know what the point is, but presumably it's not about research integrity. It's just where my suspicious prick mind drags things back to you, Dan.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, I, I think it's more about what – yeah, actually, I have no idea. This is the sort of thing that perhaps on the journal website they give a better explanation Maybe on why we, they actually I do think this. Maybe we
1: need to have a chemist on. Well, maybe we can pick this up again once you've got something more than yeah. what amounts to an unsubstantiated rumor that chemists <laughs> are doing something strange. It's Just not like your typical preparatory activity at all. Usually you show up, you've got a spreadsheet, all the things are color-coded, you're telling me what <laughs> to think, coming around to my house, controlling my limbs like I'm a big meat puppet.
0: Ber- Ber- Bernie's Day Out. No, what's that called? What? Bernie's Holiday. Dan,
1: you're not old enough to know that. The same yeah, way, am. the same way you're not. I almost got it right. What you? You almost Booty's got it what? right. You don't know what it is. <laughs> I all. I, I, I always, they control, They're controlling. his controlling his limbs. I got a hypothetical. On the, on what I think of is the fucking aliens from Independence Day. Um, you remember?
0: Oh yeah, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. That's that. that Oh no, Men in Black. That's the one. Men in Black. That was a million years ago. Uh, I don't know very many cinema facts, Dan. Um, but you, do, you're just do, you're not a do, fan do, of the cinema. Rem- no, it's pictures. just it just all just sort of bounces off me. Do you know the farmer guy who is inhabited by the alien who does not I remember doing an amazingly convincing job of being possessed by the alien. That's actually Vincent D'Onofrio.
0: I don't know who that is. Come on, my too young dude. He's
1: who? he's he's Goma Pyle from Full Metal Jacket. He's the oh, he's yeah. the he's the bad guy from the oh uh, the Marvels when they do the the the, the Punishing and the fucking daredeviling and the rest of that. It, but paying too much attention to Marvel movies is a is a sign of late stage syphilis, as far as I'm concerned. So don't ask me <laughs> don't ask me any more questions about that. Um, but yeah, it's the same guy. Anyway, I like, "Why oh, yeah. am I telling you that, know, James's cinema facts? I probably only got R- R- two more. Uh, it's like in yeah. in in their entirety. <laughs> I just remember <laughs>
0: that was one of them, and it was a good it was a good yes, one.
1: Yes, there, there you go. Yeah, Dan, Daniel the Meat Puppet. So no more no no more horrible middle aged digressions. Um, I, th- I think I we can talk. put that to bed now.
0: We can, we can. I'll, I'll, I'll find that journal and put that in the show notes. But I want to talk about Mastodon, James. It's we talked, yeah. we, we spoke about this in, yeah, we spoke about this in a recent epi- episode. It is,
1: it is interesting. You... It is interesting,
0: isn't it? That Why?
1: all your, Why do you all think? your yammering on about social media? Finally, the rest of the world suddenly is interested in it as you are, which I'm, yeah. I'm amazed by. It's so. <laughs> it, it, no, no, it's it's almost like the rest of the world's caught up with you, and I mean, I think fully, 20, fully yeah. half of our individual episodes start with James. I don't, I don't read widely enough to have my own ideas. I was on Twitter the other day, and someone else said, <laughs> um, "You're going to have to change that now slightly to the the mastodons." Yes, so it is. I mean, it it raises so much so quickly um, okay. it, it I, I, I find I'm finding it actually stimulating so I, I I took your advice immediately rather than waiting three years to three use years. my <laughs> Twitter account this was more like two weeks but it comes from a simple desire to I mean I, I like talking to other people there are funny jokes and things that cheer me up and good things to read and in general I'm very reflexively. Um, reactive I suppose to things that I don't like on social media someone says something stupid one signal time I figure I can do without them and immediately block or mute them uh, I mean I'd delete them from the planet if I could some of the time but that's not given as an option in the hamburger menu so it, it's it's more I, I, th- I think it's more peaceful in a way if you really aggressively curate things like that um yeah. And, you know, people, People. I, I would say in general, I read one thing a day that is either long form journalism or an academic article or a link to another podcast or something. I generally one a day. And over such a long period of time, that has come from, I think, a certain core group of people who are largely scientists, but in my case, also technologists, artists, weirdos, uh, a couple of philosophers. Um, I'm not going to name everyone. It's just a hodgepodge of hundreds of people at this point. And I I don't like the idea of missing out on that because because it's interesting. I mean, you can make all the jokes all you want about the hell site this and digital toilet that, but at the end of the day, it is providing – a public forum for people to communicate in, and then they'll go and do it. And when you change... It's our hell side. Yeah. Yeah, it's a toilet, but it's our toilet. You know? It's
0: our toilet. Yeah,
1: it's our macrame hanging from the doorknob in the shape of an owl that looked like it had a bad childhood, one button eye falling off. But it's our owl. Yeah? Why did I immediately see a bad macrame toilet door? Let's not get into that. So... I've perceived the the Rubicon as being breached here, at least when it comes to open science community people-ish. So I don't know how many people follow me on the Mastodons. It's only been 12 days or something. I have 832 people. I would imagine that the overwhelming majority of those are people who are from some flavor of the scientific community. And that is what gives me the impression, how many do you have? I bet you have more. You love doing stuff like this. I'm sure you've been out there (laughs) making lots of friends and generally being a jolly chappy. There you go. Yeah, 1,600, twice, twice the amount. Okay.
0: Yeah, I've been on twice as long. Makes sense.
1: No, it's it's not interesting or problematic. It's the fact that... That is a fair number of people for anyone to be paying attention to anything. I mean, you're not Kim Kardashian, um, which is a good thing in context. It's a good thing. Um, it's, a good thing. It's, it's more like a Rubicon has been crossed here. I feel like it has. I would agree. The, the, the nonsense, I think to people who, especially people who have to do academic science all day. Nothing is more annoying than being, if you're on a committee, for instance, arguing about who else has to come on the committee, when the committee is going to meet, how it's going to be structured, how you're changing the rulemaking process, whether or not a quorum is 66 or 50% of the participants, arguing about sub-clauses. Yeah. Or in perpetual fights about money or space or resources or time or who has to do something as opposed to the actual doing of it. That is a huge chunk of academic administration. And the whole idea that you'd be on Twitter, but just in perpetual arguments about what it represents rather than actually using it to convey and receive information, I think starts to feel like a job. And there are enough angry, petulant, dickless children in the life of most academic scientists that they don't need another one policing their light reading. So a lot of people just left. A lot of people just quit. I think now about 350 people um, from my twirtle have have disappeared certainly of people I follow it's been at least 40 that's a lot of people well, that's they've a lot of up, people. Because, yeah because you you have to be logged in to do that and the general rule is that there are ten times as many people reading as there are participating and there are ten times as many people participating as there are creating so you know posters comments as readers I mean it's sort of a approximate log tier of whatever yeah,
0: makes, makes sense
1: so if that's the case um, one's gone down by 30 uh, the other one's gone down by 300 but all of those are active people the people who logged in sufficiently to give a fuck about being able to do it in the first place and that quickly cuts the guts out of a place and we're now in this awkward sort of transitional zone and I have many fears for the ability of this community thing to be maintained or whatever it is, whatever network is strictly available. I have fears, I think, for its ability to be maintained. I think communicating about the reform of science in particular has been hugely accelerated by the fact that the uh, the kind of stochastic emergence of Twitter as a default platform um, I think it was a tremendous multiplier in terms of what's yeah. actually going on. Um, my impression is that that grew out of live tracking conferences and uh, live tweeting sessions from individual conferences. I think a lot of that is where it started. Um,
0: You think? Okay, I wouldn't wouldn't have thought that. I thought it was more just discussions. Okay, that's that's
1: my impression. I I remember even when I wasn't on the site itself, um, having people tell me by other means that XYZ is in the audience for ABC and you can read about it happening in real time because obviously that's much more reliable than uh, whatever shitty video casting was available 10 years ago. Obviously, that's gotten a lot better because there's been a tremendous amount of work on uh, access and data centers and uh, compression algorithms, etc. So I really hope that this diffuse community of people, I really hope they pick a side. Part of me doesn't really give a shit which one it is. And I very much understand everyone's desire not to have, you know, they get enough childishness at work and those with children probably get enough childishness at home <laughs> um, <laughs> with, with, without going to spend 10 minutes in a pleasant diversion where you might see an interesting paper and having to experience fucking childishness there as well. Hmm. But right now we are, between two critical masses and if i had one hope rather than the just grab bag of thoughts i've had about this over the last couple of weeks it would it would be that a critical mass is maintained somewhere that enough people get over their distaste for uncle elon the 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 fucking borgia pope of online communication now is 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 not going to make a mess of it or that this random cobbled together half german experiment you know fail safe thing is is sufficiently robust and you know safe and pleasant enough for people to give a shit about in the long term if i have a primary concern if i have a primary concern it's quite straightforward um I suppose, well, the thing I think I just said, that's a hope, but we'll go for a a primary concern as well. And it's the fact that if there isn't innovation into what the platform actually offers, then this won't prove sticky and there'll be an additional migration elsewhere because there are no doubt hundreds and hundreds of people who are lining up to get very aggressive about building a third platform, of which mm-hmm. there are already many options, man. Um, and it's not saying like, everyone's going to go over to parlor or Truth, so- Social, Truth or Social or fucking <laughs> digital Nazi O'Leary, fucking whatever. Like it's not that a, a bit. Uh,
0: there's what other options are there other than LinkedIn?
1: Well. No one's quite sure what's going to happen with Blue Sky.
0: It hasn't even launched yet officially.
1: Yes, I know, but this is like scale is everything when it comes to these things. Yeah. And
0: And that's where Macedon's fallen over.
1: Well, it may be achieving it now. I mean, the the problem is, of course, is that it's not a public commons. If you take... 20,000 scientists or something and you put them all in Mastodon in the same place, they don't get the chance to talk to a million billion other people. And trust me, people are not sufficiently interested in our shit as we are that they're going to go and sign up for a whole new random social network to read your preprints. I mean, you know, check your fucking head. (laughs) It's not going to happen this century. So... I don't know. Look, I've, I've I've talked I've talked a lot. I've been more sort of listening, um, watching the actual platform itself rather than trying to read about what it allegedly represents, because no one no one really knows yet. I mean, we can speculate, but no one really knows. I mean, I I I thought I wasn't sure. I was I sat on the fence in this. Previously, I didn't think Elon Musk was going to buy Twitter. I said this previously, I thought he was gonna get the shit find out of him by the court in Delaware for welching on his deal, basically. And he was gonna to have to hand over a tremendous amount of cash and then he was gonna piss off and leave them alone. And basically it would be the the, the the civil chancery court equivalent of pled out. But you know, in for a penny, in for a pound, and if you're a malignant narcissist Um, who's convinced that he's basically a child emperor, then, you know, I mean, that's one thing I think we really have all found out is the fact that um, billionaires really are normal people with more money and more self-regard. I mean, any, any cross posting s- stuff what
0: are you are you posting stuff the same stuff to both twitter and mastodon
1: i only did that today the first time to see what would happen
0: yeah and what did you find out in terms of the actual interest or engagement found out they're, same, found out yeah.
1: they're more or yes. less identical
0: okay but did you find that interesting considering that you have far less, far less followers or reach on mastodon because for me the thing that i always said is i don't give a shit about number of followers i care about number of people that actually care about what I'm talking about. That's really what's more important at the end. And even if there are well, yes, Dan, but less... the thing that
1: I posted today was a haiku about how the guy over the street just stick his leaf blower up his ass and turn it on. So I mean I don't I <laughs> I, 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 I do that because I hope it will make people laugh and for a a second they yeah. will be happy. That's that's what I want. Um, also, because oh, oh. I can't not talk shit about this guy, I hate his leaf blower and him oh, it's so the same, much. The same leaf blower guy. Yeah, yeah, and it's oh, it's also it's the end of fall in America, so when it's fall, all the leaves fall off the trees and then clog everything up.
0: <laughs> so he comes. I haven't comes seen a single around. leaf blower in this country.
1: I know because Norwegians are civilized, or either that or. They, Pay, it's all Pay rakes. the Swedish to do it for them, or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, it's it's very horrible. Look, the 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 thing is not important though. It's just that I mean, it gives me some kind of. I mean, this is what griping's all about. People always think griping's a very negative thing. I think if you know your limits, the ability to just get something off your chest, complain about it for ten seconds, hopefully in a way that will bring some kind of uh some some just some kind of some kind of empathy from other people and then you can do that and then 10 seconds later you feel a little bit better and that's all there is to it
0: yeah
1: um so presumably your your thoughts on the uh <laughs> is is my content being engaged with is is confined to What is happening within your work and life that is interesting and contemporary and not leaf blower asshole haikus?
0: No, but that was actually one of my worries. I thought that so leaf blower Mastodon will be great. (laughs) Yeah, leaf blowers, mate. Always. I thought that with Mastodon there there would be a reduction of people having fun. That it would just all be businesses business as usual, kind of like like boring Twitter. Mm. You know, people just posting stuff. Um, But. There's there's some really funny stuff on there. <laughs> it's really it's really good to see people are just treating it as old Twitter. In that, yeah, they're, they're talking about preprints and talking about other stuff, but um, people are having fun and that's really nice to see. There's been a few things that have genuinely laughed when I've seen them on the platform. So that's uh so that's that's nice. But what I think is interesting is I wonder if this shift is going to bring an increase in more. Long form sharing. That this is going to resurrect blogging. Blogging's kind of always been around, um, but it's sort of fallen by the wayside because people are just being drawn to Twitter. You know, it's much easier to, mm, to, to fire off a tweet.
1: Not, re- I think the problem is, I think the problem with blogging was the inability for RSS to provide. A meta layer by which people could move between individual publications. And I think that's why Medium and Substack in particular have done well. Where well, blogging that is has, has not. Pages. Um way back in the day, um when you know Jesus was in short pants and the dinosaurs roamed the earth, it was common for blogs to maintain their own blog role, which was a list of blog rolls other blogs that you thought were interesting or pertinent based on your experience. And those were almost always disappointing. I clicked through hundreds and hundreds of them <laughs> only to find that you click on one particular thing and you go, it hasn't been updated in three months, nothing's happening, etc. There was never any central place that you could go to where you would have this um you would have this maintained kind of focus on the topics on anything that was layered uh, layered particularly well on on top of the individual blog itself. So say I was interested in cars, you don't have to go around usually and manually check them unless you had an RSS reader and I think that the death of Google Reader
0: nah. was
1: very influential in the fact that it siloed blogs to the point where they were not sufficiently interconnected. And that's why Medium and Substack have done well, because if you go to them and you have topic interests, obviously you can follow individual people, but it will make suggestions based on the topic itself. And then you are scrolling between what are essentially personal blogs or personal newsletters or personal blog and whatever else. But there is more of it there. I think all the people I really like that I read, especially on Medium, I have engaged with primarily because the platform has pushed me to it on the basis of okay. its similarity to something I was already reading.
0: Yeah. That is probably That's probably why podcaster work so well, because they work in the same sort of way. It's 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 basically an RSS feeder. Mm. An RSS feed, except with the iTunes directory and with podcast directories, it is much easier to categorize different podcasts.
1: Yes, very, very, very much so. Very much so. Um, and even if things are not like, I mean, I do exactly the same thing. This is obviously this is our um if we wanted to make a podcast that was for regular people, we would we would have probably made different decisions before episode one hundred and seventy or something over the last six years or whatever it is. Um, mm. So, I presume a lot of people who discover us for the first time are scrolling down to like the fourth page of results or something like that, going, "Where are all the grumpy? Thank you for all gone the grumpy far. freaks at." Yeah, like I'm like- <laughs> <laughs> because that's exactly what I do when I'm looking for other shit. You know, yeah. it comes up at the, if you've seen the global podcast rankings, if, if, if you would, if you would willingly listen to more than one in 10 of, of the genuine actual top flight ones, in general, the comedy ones aren't funny. The political ones are incredibly vacuous. The things that are about society and culture just honestly make me want to stick my head in the oven and turn the gas on. Um, you know, I mean, if you're going to refer to any item of clothing as drip, um, I hope there would be a drip on you in a form of Chinese water torture. Or, I just, I, it's so antithetical to everything I want from life that every time someone talks like that, I wish for violence upon their person. Um, but that's, that's, that's not the point. The point is that there's sufficient reach four sheets in where the people who are specifically looking for the thing can actually find it in place because god knows we're not doing our own fucking promo and we tried letting you do that and look what happened
0: it's going great is it
1: It doesn't, it doesn't matter, Dan, we have a persistent commitment to amateurism. And I think if we wanted a different podcast, yeah. we would have made a different podcast a very long time unprofessional ago. Unprofessional That should be unprofessional and uninformed, exactly. I mean, that much should be very obvious to pretty much everyone um, so far. So these sort of scale effects are very important when it comes to how do we transfer attention between one place and the other? You could go out and relentlessly represent yourself, but that would make it a very, very different self-aware, somewhat cynical kind of exercise of the same thing. We've done it like this because we like it like this and being connected to other things through other people's databases, of which there's only like six or seven, That you need to be in, and that's pretty much 90% of all podcasting everywhere, including the crap ones, right? Which, of course, is most of them, which is fine. Most of everything is crap. That's not a criticism of other people's podcasts. So, this is, this is exactly what we need. I mean, these interconnections, this is what you need from people in digital space. This, this is what you need for a platform to be really interesting, for something to be compelling. It is very challenging to do that. And I think the easiest way to have a proper shot at it uh, is the easiest, same as the easiest way to be rich. Time machine, go back, get better circumstances. <laughs> yeah. It's the easiest way to get rich, Dan. It's the most single, most reliable way to get rich. Time machine, go back, choose different parents, crawl really? into a different crib at the hospital, go go alter alter, <laughs> alter the DNA. Uh, back to the future. Yeah, stuff. exactly. It's a Back to the Future thing. I mean, it's exactly the same with social networks, um, and there are sort of, I mean, there, there there are some very unpredictable elements between what does well and what doesn't. Um uh, most ideas most ideas for how people uh contact and interact with each other in digital space have been tried before the really successful ones happen. Um It's uh it's fun to think about, but it's also very, very difficult to plan, and you can have any idea you want but you need to bring 10,000 of your best friends before it makes the slightest l- lick of difference.
0: Yeah, but I think the moment, the momentum's there at least.
1: I hope so. I, I hope, I hope it keeps up. I, what I was saying before, not particularly articulate, articulately. Jesus, I'm not saying articulate, articulately. Um <laughs> what I would really hope for is that we can find some feature or element or just something within the nature of the master dogs and that will provide an experience that has some kind of novelty or interest or a little bit a little bit of extra juice that will keep people involved yeah. because i mean you could you can laugh at it all you like Do you know how i feel really bad for people who could like independent artists Who spent years and years and years and years curating their sort of digital space, showing people their stuff, doing drawings on commissions, selling jewelry, doing whatever, getting to a place where finally it's sort of self sustainable and not really thinking about something like their media strategy, just doing what's in front of them. And then circumstances change and 60% of their reach immediately goes. Now, yeah, no, well, of course it is, but no, no one's told a lot of people about things like uh, the Google YMYL update. Uh, this is a change to the way Google's algorithm worked when it came to came to health information several years ago. I mean, when it's like seventy five percent of your organic traffic, and you go from the first page of search results to the sixth, it just kill your whole fucking business, don't it?
0: Yeah, right? yeah,
1: it really can. It just like bump gone. Um, big things like that are controlled by people who don't know you're there, uh, who, who don't give a shit or consider it to be collateral damage, even if they think about it at all in terms of changing like what they do and where the pieces go, etc. They're not interested in me. They're not interested in you. We are little fucking Pleistocene mice under the feet of gigantic dinosaurs. And they're just stomping around. They don't even feel a tickle as they step over you. And it's it's hard not to feel like a sort of like the social contract there, sort of unfairness of it all, has is is being violated. Yes, of course, they don't owed anything. Yeah, there's very much a caveat emptor nature of something like this. But at the same time, I mean, if you're if you're a dishonorable steward of other people's time and attention, you're, you're just a prick. And there's no two ways around that.
0: But that's kind of what I was getting at when I was talking about the, the, the rise of more long-form stuff mm. because these long-form categories, you tend to have more control about them. If you have a blog or if you have a newsletter, like a Substack, for instance, you have your list of subscribers and generally, for these things, you can export your list of subscribers. So, if you want to, you know, pack up stumps and, and go somewhere else, you can take your subscribers elsewhere. Exactly the same thing: mailing list subscriptions, um, podcasts are portable, so we can change providers, mm. um, but we don't we don't lose people that listen. So, I think this is potentially a reminder for some people going that you can't rely on a lot of these closed networks because what if what if they close down? Whereas, if you do more long form stuff. You have control over the people that subscribe to you versus the, 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 these other things. So that's kind of more I was, what I was getting at.
1: Oh, well, it seems like a reasonably sensible thing to say. Maybe I should have a Substack.
0: Well, you got a, you got a you got a Medium account, I, but can people and people I, can people subscribe and get email updates from from Medium? They posts?
1: can. I just. I just don't like giving them money. Actually, you know what? I'm not. I'm not, I'm not even. I'm not even sure. I think maybe I just find the idea of a newsletter more compelling than a blog. I, I, more than that, I, I've, I've been very unhappy for the last couple of years with the the sort of listical Buzzfeedification of the shit that Medium's been serving me. Um, I get the impression that a lot of things are being sort of optimized by reach, by very cynical dipshits of writing seven things you need to know to run a successful business where number one is like, don't beat people with a baseball bat or get drunk at work or something. And I, I feel like the nonsense quotient has gone up a lot and I haven't tried to cock about with how it serves me extra shit to interfere with that. Um, I mean, of all the problems that I don't think Mastodon will have for a good long time, um, I think uh, I think the, the, the serving of hot, boiling garbage is one of them because everyone who was there, the yeah. person in the recent past, wants to be. I mean, in three months, we could be having this precise analog of this conversation where we're going, oh, this is a golden age. So many interesting things are happening here. So yeah. if people want to participate who are out there, I would encourage you to try and find a way to do it differently try and find a feature of this platform that really makes other people interested happy and is particularly particularly if you within sort of our community of people there's, there's got to be things of great intellectual value and interest that are well communicated through whatever this new experiment is that we have and i hope we can find those things um Because I would like to see them myself. I still want to play too. I'm not Dan. I can't sit down and work for three hours straight and then get up and go, oh, look at me. I'm still shiny. I barely cracked a sweat. I'm amazing. (laughs) I've retained the ability to pay attention even into middle age. I'm more like, think of the guy down at your local shopping center yelling at the pigeons at the bus stop.
0: Draw a line
1: between that guy and Dan and I'm about, 60% Sixty percent pigeon guy
0: at this point. <laughs> <laughs> before we move to the next to the next subject, um, I saw a very funny thing on Twitter. People have been saying,
1: oh, you <laughs> still the, all- doing
0: it? Go on, then. go on that." While <laughs> no, you this, still have the option, before all the servers, this implode. is very funny. Go on, go on. One thing that uh, Twitter traditionally was really good at um, checking for copyright stuff. If you post a clip with a song or like a television show or a movie would instantly get slapped down and you get, you get a warning or your account will be banned um, things have gone so crazy people are now posting entire movies as threads <laughs> so they get the movie what? and they chop it up into two minute and 40 second clips and there's like there's like a 60 thread and you can literally watch a movie on twitter now <laughs> <laughs> seriously because all the people are gone yeah, yeah, yeah. So people are posting oh. like all, all these different movies, and you can just sit there and you can just watch an entire movie if, if you don't mind going between tweets every two minutes and forty seconds. That's there. You go. Mental. That's a good way to. Wa-
1: that is so yeah. silly. <laughs> oh, I do. I do love that. I do love that.
0: Should Should we get a Hertz Mastodon account? Is it time? Let's yeah, make sure. this decision right now. Do we? Do we? Let's do it. Okay. Hertz. I'll, I'll, Hertz, I'll, I'll make Hertz it. stood on. Hertz to Don, yes. Hertz, Hertz Don. to all Don. Right. I'll, I'll Mastodon. Set up Hertz
1: to
0: Don. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll start, we'll start uh, sharing stuff from there. Um, you heard it here first. We, we're we're going to have a, uh, a, a Hertz Mastodon account, I'll see how it goes. Thanks all for listening. We'll be back again. More Hertz. See you later.